3: continuing our time with you on this final hour of the show Veterans Day 2023 and uh, yeah it's been nice to play some music thinking about our soldiers and past present and future the guts the glory the pain the loss it's just so powerful and so absolutely necessary especially now at this time what an embarrassment and I hear this from military veterans all the time, what this administration, what the woke leadership of today's military has done to the image, to the readiness, to the interest from non-military people who might otherwise join. It's just disgusting and sickening, really. And it puts us at tremendous risk. But nonetheless, out of our control until we get to the next election, and hats off, hands over hearts, much love to each and every one of you who wore the uniform or had a family member or, um, you know, lost a family member, especially so fortunate in my family. Again, I missed uh, I was came of age after the Vietnam War before there were any real conflicts going on in the world. High school dropout, left home at 17, never had an interest in anything but flying jets, and my eyes were no good, so I couldn't do that. Regret that in many ways now. I would have loved to serve our country just knowing what I know now, feeling like I feel now. But um, the generation before me, my dad's generation, he had eight brothers and sisters. All of his brothers served World War II. On my mom's side, she had one brother he served in World War II. I heard heroic stories and tremendous love for our country in the times, and I I knew them all. Every one of my dads, one sister died as an infant, so none of us knew her, but knew all of his other seven brothers and sisters very, very well and their stories. And my uncle Glenn, who I was so close to, is like a second dad to me. And hard to get him to talk. in this the case with so many of our older veterans? It's so hard to get them to talk about it. Of course, close friends with Tig Tigan, one of the heroes of Benghazi, and uh, others from Colorado who participated in that. Close with the Dietz family, Danny Dietz. We've got the Danny Dietz Memorial Highway named after that hero. And, uh, yeah, it just builds your respect and, and reminds you to make sure you say thanks to a veteran. If you've got, you know, some money, donate to some of these great veterans causes for people with PTSD or whatever the the maladies are. Man, oh, man, there is just so much that we can do to try and make life better for people who have put their lives on the line for us. And uh, learning, you know, just personally losing a spouse, losing a soulmate. Um, just seeing how your life can be turned upside down without a, with no warning. I've gotten more focused on trying to make a difference for other people, and it, it definitely starts with veterans. Absolutely. Anyway, we're back, and phone number here is 303-696-1971. 696-1971. Before the end of the last hour, we heard Vivek Ramaswamy not only taking a serious swipe at RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, but uh, also just really putting on his uh, Trump hat and going after the media, but not in generalities. He called out the moderator. He called them out for their lies. There's a reason I refer constantly to them as the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine, and it uh, it was very, very powerful. And I promised when I played that, we ran out of time, that we would also play Ronna's opportunity to defend herself on the Laura Ingram show. And I give Laura and Laura and Ronna our friends. I've had many conversations with Rana, had her talk about Laura Ingram and, and, uh, but you know, Laura Laura takes no prisoners either. And here's what went down with Ronna McDaniel on the Ingram angle just a day or two ago.
4: All right. Joining me now, Ronna McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican national committee, Rana, thanks so much for being with us. Um, Vivek and others are saying that under your leadership, Republicans have lost election after election. And positing the question, you know, why should you retain your job given the track record of the party under your leadership? And to that, what do you say?
5: Well, first, I'm going to continue to focus on Joe Biden and Democrats. And I think there was a moment missed during that debate by Vivek. To talk about the fact that we still have 13 American hostages in Israel. The fact that for the first time ever in the history of either party, we had a Jewish co-sponsor for a debate and we are in very perilous times in our country. And I do think Republican voters, and I hear this echoed all the time, are tired of the circular firing squad within our party. And they're saying, can we please talk about Joe Biden and the Democrats and the border and fentanyl and crime and what's happening to our kids and inflation? But I'll definitely defend my record as chair. Listen, yeah, I mean, Ron. I think, Rana, I think, C- I,
4: I agree with you. Let me just say, I, I mean, all that, all that you just said, I, I couldn't agree with more. But and and you're right. I mean, obviously, that 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 should be a key focus. But. I, I know you believe in accountability. You, you talk about it all the time. I mean, everyone, I mean, I'm accountable. So me You're co- right. Okay. That's what I asked you when you went into another, you know, another conversation. Yeah, I was going to go there.
5: Sorry. I took too long on the answer, but I was getting there. I'm not trying okay. to avoid anything. Right. Let me promise you that, Laura. Listen, when when Vivek didn't vote in 2016, I was leading Michigan to the first win in history in 30 years. In 2018, we defied the odds. We got three senators, people like Josh Hawley, that allowed President Trump to build the largest conservative majority on the Supreme Court. In 2022, the RNC, which is a turnout machine, right? We're not the messengers. We don't create the messages for the campaigns. Those are the consultants who get very very well paid. Well, one of the things,
4: Rana, that happened was, I think, in Virginia, people were wondering where the money was, whether they were going to get some help from the RNC. And I I know at one point you said that, that you were not asked for money in Virginia, but a source, a Republican source familiar with the Youngkin team in Virginia told The Angle late tonight that that is false, and well, there, just... meaning your story keeps changing. Anyone who thinks Virginia Republicans wouldn't want to help when we knew we'd be outspent isn't being serious. You know, Ronna, well, they were Laura, outspent by eight million dollars.
5: Glenn Youngkin and, and it did a phenomenal job, and he raised a lot of money. A lot of people don't understand fundraising. I can't raise state dollars. I don't get unlimited convention and, yep. and state dollars. Uh, and these were state House and state Senate races. The RNC no, is a it. federal committee. So, I mean, come on. Can you just, right. this, these are people who come after me all the time. They're on Twitter. They're all the time. And let's see their results. What did they do in Virginia? How much money did they yep. give? But let me stand by something else. In 2022, Toronto, we, we got, took back yep. the House. And the RNC yeah, is part now, of that. We we're building the road. And yeah. we're launching Bank Your Vote. We've got to All do that. Right, Rana, we, we got to roll, but early. thank
4: you for joining us tonight. We have a lot more to get to next.
3: My, oh my, Ronna McDaniel under siege. And there are even other Republican National Committee people uh, wondering about, you know, we had the opportunity to replace her earlier in the year. Uh, how is the massive... Machine of the Republican National Committee being directed to actually make a difference with ballot harvesting, with where it's legal, with focusing on critical races like Supreme Court races. I know they're state races, but messaging, and there's just so many different ways that the RNC can get involved. And when you have a track record of Um, diminishing returns on elections, and you're running for, I think, or or you ran, you were elected now to an unprecedented fourth term, it's not unreasonable to ask these questions, is it? you got this whole Scott Pressler thing, the tall, thin, long-haired ballot voter registration machine begging for a call from Ronna McDaniel. I've spoken to Ronna. I've spoken to people around Ronna. I've spoken to Scott Pressler many occasions, uh, and there's just some stubbornness there. Now, Scott won't reach out either. My God, isn't the fall of the country, the cliff that we're marching toward, far more important than these petty disputes? But we can't get the RNC to take advantage of this machine that that Scott Pressler is building, the machine that Turning Point USA is building. Because of hurt feelings, because people have said bad things. I heard Charlie Kirk the other day, and I don't know Charlie Kirk well. I haven't spent much time with him at all. But I heard him say the other day, I would put everything aside if we could get together with the RNC, with all the other um, influential organizations and groups, committees, et cetera, and get smart about where to Go and register Republican voters. Remember, and I've said this so many times, but you, you've got to know it by now. In 2020, in spite of everything that I believe and the many things that have now been confirmed about the shenanigans in 2020, Donald Trump lost by around 40,000 votes in just the right precincts, in just the right battleground states. And it's going to come down to the same Thing in 2024. We've got a much, much better handle on the ways that they miscount votes and and create invalid ballots and all of those things. And laws are being passed and challenged and things that were done during COVID are being stopped. And so much is going on. I'm on these national calls every single week, and I'm tremendously impressed. But we're always so far behind the Democrats, so far behind the Democrats, and yet, in spite of everything, COVID, the media attacks on Trump, the lies about Trump, 40,000-plus votes, if we could just get a coordinated effort, bring all of these groups together, forget about the hurt feelings, forget about who said what and how mean you were and how awful you were, or you misrepresented this, or, you know, forget about it, because the country is at stake. Time to come together and stop this dangerous, dangerous nonsense. Vivek, all of the audio I've got from the debate is Vivek. And I know that's not going to make 80-year-old Arnie very happy. uh, But Arnie, i got to tell you, after being around this guy and seeing what the competition is, um, if Trump wasn't in this, I'd be taking a serious look at him compared to everybody else. DeSantis would probably be my number two, not Vivek based on his record of Florida, if Trump wasn't in it. DeSantis just shot himself in his high heels by getting into this race at all. But here's, we'll get back to the phones in a second. Here's a little bit more from Vivek. This was about Cheney in three-inch heels. Listen carefully. This is funny.
6: But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions killed millions made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters people my age to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests adding seven trillion dollars to our national debt and Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N. Bankrupt or in debt was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels?
3: Oh, man. Oh, we ended that too freaking soon. Doggone it. Because at the end, he says there's two of them up on this stage. There's two of them up on this stage. The quote was, two of them on stage tonight. And he was talking about... Um, Not only Nikki Haley, but he was talking about Ron DeSantis. You've heard the controversy about the lifts in Ron DeSantis' boots. Man, oh man. But uh, Vivek, absolutely on fire. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's very little you can ask him about that he doesn't have a very sharp answer for. Um, None of these people are going to be the Republican nominee. But out of the three on stage, unlike our 80-year-old veteran friend and caller, Arnie. I am probably most impressed by Vivek Ramaswamy. And it would be Ron DeSantis, hands down, if he hadn't made so many mistakes getting into this race, bungling his campaign, hiring the wrong people, messaging awful, fundraising dead. It's a shame. I had such great hope for Ron DeSantis, maybe as a Donald Trump presidential candidate, or um, as a presidential candidate next time. I think he has ruined those opportunities for himself probably forever. But we're just along for the ride around here. We've got full lines. Let's take our break right now, and then we'll get to every single one of the calls when we return here on 710 KNUS. Is there anybody in country music with a better deeper set of pipes than trace adkins that's arlington and whenever i think about arlington i was in dc gosh way early in activism 2012 maybe 2013 andrew breitbart was still alive so it was it was a ways back and uh the conference that i was attending first time i met mark levin in person uh uh, got out in time or, or else I stayed an extra day and i I was still in a suit and the tightest shoes ever and the first place I wanted to go was to Arlington Cemetery. so I took a cab out there, walked to the cemetery, saw you know the eternal flame for JFK and and just so many heroes and the beautiful perfect lines of the graves and just felt that that overwhelming. Sense that you feel when you get into a a reverent place, a holy place, uh, a powerful tribute to our veterans here on this Veterans Day, a sad place, of course, so much loss there, but so many heroes. And my timing could not have been more perfect because I came upon the tomb of the unknown soldier uh, at at the just at the time of the changing of the guard, and I wondered why there were so many people you know, milling around and I was, the weather was, it was November cherry blossoms were out, but it was decent. It wasn't super hot. It wasn't cold. Um, and so I got up close and because I was by myself, I was able to sort of worm my way up through and I got to watch in person. The changing of the guard It's just an amazing, amazing way that the perfection, regardless of weather, rain, sleet, snow, wind doesn't matter. Happens every single time. And we've lost that from our government leadership, that respect, our current government, that respect, that awe, that that love and just absolute willingness and desire to pay tribute to these amazing men and women, past, present, and future. And that song was about Arlington, of course. It was called Arlington from 2003. So I know we've got full lines. Let me look at the time here because, doggone it, there's so much audio I want to share with you. But uh, we love our callers. We've got Roger, a U.S. Army vet, waiting in Denver. Let's start with Roger. Welcome to the show, sir, and thank you very much for your service.
2: Oh, you're welcome. The reason I was calling is because Ramaswamy has um, he accepted money from Thoros' older brother. And so I don't know, if you know, let's put it this way. If he's accepting money from the Soros family, I just don't know how I can look at him and say, oh, yeah, he's going to be uh, conservative.
3: Yeah, no, it's a great point. and the the story behind that is when he was a college student, he took he accepted scholarship money, grant money from an organization he wasn't politically involved politically invested it wasn't a political decision Uh, i don't know that he knew george soros from you know george bush at that time in his career it was long before he became the billionaire that he is now and and you know demonstrated all of this success or took on any of these ideals and i don't know him well i've been around him um I've got a friend who was involved in his campaign, and so I've been able to go to you know private events. Um, and I don't expect him to be the Republican nominee, so I don't mind talking about the things that are positive about him. I've never seen anybody who has a wider grasp of every question that's get thro- that gets thrown at him, and comes up with a pretty powerful answer. It's uh, it's yeah, pretty he's remarkable. A, he's
2: a sharp guy. Yeah, yeah but the, but the, when he accepted, I think it was seventy four thousand dollars, and this is from the Fox News Channel that I was looking at this. Anyway, he had $2.25 in income. Okay. To, and when he accepted the 74. So people said, how come he accepted that? And his answer was, more or less, I'm not going to give it to you exactly. Yeah. But if someone's going to give you money, you'd be a fool to turn it down.
3: Well, that's interesting. I don't know the ex- exact details. I know Fox News, Wall Street Journal, and others absolutely despise Varamaswamy, and listen i'm not promoting him so uh, i don't think he's going to be the nominee but i i certainly do enjoy the way he exposes some of these other candidates what do you think about that piece of it roger
2: that i like look you know let's put it this way as an army vet you gotta know i'm going to be conservative you know what i'm saying that this is um this is not the country that i fought for yes sir this is totally different and what what the idiot did leaving people in afghanistan what the hell is God that
3: out. it's so it has to be so embarrassing for for you and people like you and i'm i'm just so very sorry
2: yeah well awesome. exactly exactly yeah all right listen the, the the best thing we can do is just get um, and and the other thing, uh, whoever said it, I don't remember. It was just earlier in the program. But the point of the matter is, is that Biden doesn't have the brain cells to put together the stuff. I, someone said it was uh, Obama behind him. Yeah, I would believe that.
3: I hear you. Yeah, there, he's God. Even hearing him try to read from a teleprompter is just cringeworthy and embarrassing. And he's corrupt. He's, remember the disrespect he's, when the when the coffins were coming back from Afghanistan. Yeah, He's standing sure, there looking sure. at his watch. I'm just, you yeah, know, yeah. I didn't serve and I, I feel so offended on behalf of people like you, Roger. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling in tonight. I really yeah. do appreciate One it. One other thing yeah, though, go ahead.
2: is that when Obama there was some kind of I don't remember the ceremony, but uh, Michelle Obama said to to Barack, I can't believe they're making the fuss they're making all with the flag.
3: God, I remember that. Yeah. God
2: damn.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I am with you. All
2: right. Listen, you take care. Have a good evening.
3: Do the same, Roger. God bless. And
2: thanks for the good work you're doing. Yeah, God bless.
3: Oh man, it's just hard to hard to even follow a call like that. I just how insulting is it to men and women like him to be under the leadership and the embarrassment around the world that we're having to live through right now and it I'm just pointing it out especially today because it is Veterans Day, and, God, they just deserve so much better. All right, let's see who's next here. Looks like Joe in Arvada has been waiting around. Thank you, Joe. Welcome.
7: Hi, Randy. Howdy. Randy, uh, the Rhonda McDaniel thing, I've got just this to say. She's a loser. Mitt Romney was a loser. He lost. Now he's a loser in the Republican Party. He's losing for us again he's flip-flopping over to the democrats. Ronna McDaniel's has lost what two two major elections in a row and she's going to lose another one if we allow it. She needs to get the boot. The, the the here it's simple. I can't donate to the Republican Party because they keep sending my money to Mitt Romney. I don't want my money to go to Mitt Romney. I want my money to go to Donald Trump. The the idea that, that ronna mcdaniel can't help the state because it's virginia or something what no glenn youngkin and them run a squishy campaign she she should have got in there and let D- donald trump run through there and bolster those guys we would have a, a winning house and senate in virginia and get rid of the squishes that run okay i'm um, you know, I, that that just blows me away. Ronna McDaniel was a loser last time. We never should have gone with her again.
3: Well, of course, you know, I voted for uh, Harmeet Dillon. I think it would have been a better choice. Um, someone really understanding the mechanics of elections. But I do have to point out uh, that there are limitations to what Ronna McDaniel can do in states. She can't contribute in states. She doesn't dictate who our candidates are or any of those things. She certainly doesn't tell Donald Trump what to do. And the reason that she is continues to be there is because she was handpicked by Donald Trump when she did, in fact, as she said, win Michigan for him, first time in 30 years for a Republican. She convinced him to come and campaign there and said, we can win Michigan if you will show up. She was voted in again by acclamation during my first uh, year as a Republican National Committee man because Donald Trump personally called us and endorsed her and asked that we continue with her. Um And Uh, and uh, during and during this last election, her fourth, Joe, there were what appeared to be Donald Trump uh, spokespeople who were out there stumping for Ronna McDaniel. So um,
7: I I think they wanted it because of this reason. Harmeet Dillon didn't have any of the money that the Romneys have. Honestly, it's about Joe. And and so, you know, Harmeet Dillon is a fighter, though and it's time to yes send her off on the boat Rona McDaniel and say look you got you got to take some other position you're just not getting the job done it's kind of like the coaching of the Broncos if you're losing at some point see ya okay well the the, the last thing i want to say is something about us as conservatives we have got to just part company with the with the uh, flip-floppers and the never-Trumpers. Because, look, it, if they're not going to face the idea that they're going to be responsible for communism here in our country, if you are going to sit there and belittle Donald Trump when he has a serious chance of winning right now, and we lose by half a percent because of some shenanigans on election night, you can count yourself as the reason we flip to the specter of communism. If you guys don't stop railing against Donald Trump, he's the winner. Forget, forget this fight. It's over. The guy, you know, these people are not serious uh, that are in this. That's another thing that the RNC has to put an end to. Stop feeding money to this money guzzling debate scenario. It's just a Fox News uh, promotion. Get over it. Donald Trump won. Stop feeding the, the bizarre animal of the debate. Give me a break.
3: Joe, at some point, you I need to get your recipe for uh, your late night energy shots and uh, have one here on Saturday <laughs> night. But uh, thank you very much for waiting to weigh in tonight. Have a good one.
7: Thank you, Randy. Thank for, for what you do, brother. Better, better
3: believe it. 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Uh, interesting text message came in, and I did not know this. Randy, did you know that Senator Tom Cotton served in the detail of the unknown soldier? He wrote a book about it called Sacred Duty. That's from D in Centennial. That's fascinating news, man. I'll tell you what, watching those soldiers up close, and just the precision and the perfection and the God, the exhaustion it must create doing that for hours at a time. Absolutely spectacular. And uh, they do have my respect. Where are we at on time? Let's see. Coming up. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and take our break now so we'll have a good long segment on the other side. We'll finish up the calls. Not going to get all of the Vivek debate audio in, but you have got to hear the Ted Cruz Exchange, and there were a bunch of them, but we'll at least get to share with you the conversation about the election, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. I think you will too. So at seven forty, we're going to pause here. Final segment of the show is coming. Hope you'll stay with us. I'm Randy Corpin at seven ten KNUS. Amen. I say, Amen. I'm not hearing myself. Hello. Hello. I'm not hearing myself. I can't hear you either. There we go. Are we live? Okay, good. I think we're back. It doesn't sound right in my head, but uh, we will give it a try. We've got phone calls on the line. We'll see how that goes. A quick text from uh, The Great American... Eric says, Randy, my brother, Charlie Kirk also said on his show that he suggested after talking to Vivek Ramaswamy that he take over for Rana McDaniel as RNC chair and step aside and maybe run in 2028. Another texter had said, we need to raise the age for president because 35 is just two. It's naive. Not enough world experience. Remember, back when that age was set, when that constitutional requirement was set, People were dying in their 40s pretty consistently. And, you know, some of the founding fathers were 18 in their early 20s. Unbelievable when you look back on that and think about it. It's just crazy. But all right, we've got uh, callers. Let's get to those next. Hopefully everything is working. We're going to go to Jay in Littleton. Jay, can you hear me? I can. Uh, Very good. Welcome
0: show Thank uh, you. i really like the free thinking and wit of this of swami and i don't know if he's going to go anywhere this time but he certainly earned himself a position on someone's cabinet or what have you because he and uh reminds me of cash patel It's real smart real witty and uh, what I enjoyed is he told Kristen Welker and Lester Holt that you lied about everything for the entire Trump administration. Come on up here and apologize.
3: Yeah, we played that clip uh, uh-huh. earlier. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful takedown. And uh, But for Roger, the veteran that called in a little bit earlier, I did a little research, and it does look like Vivek took that Soros money um, back, oh. back in 2011. I mean, who knows if he knew what Soros was. But even right. if you if, even if you've made your first million dollars, are you gonna, and you've earned some kind of a scholarship or whatever? Uh, now, if I found out some money was coming from Soros, I, maybe I'd take it and just use it against him. Sure. But it does yeah. appear to be true that he took that money when he already was making some pretty good money, and it did come from the Paul and Daisy Soros Fellowship for New Americans, which they give out to immigrants who yeah. have made um, tremendous success in this country so.
0: Let's let him respond to that, hopefully. I wanted to also share with you, we had a great uh, Veterans Day uh, celebration uh, over at the cemetery in Logan. Excellent this morning. Great turnout. Uh, A lot of good people there.
3: Somebody text, oh, at Fort Logan. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. There was one other text, if I can find it really quick. Uh, 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 uh. Dang it, maybe I can do that while I'm playing some audio, about an event in Pueblo that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it
0: was it was really good. One other item is, you know, Proposition HH. have kind of nicknamed Horse Hash because at least you can say it <laughs> on the air. Yeah. But so oh, <laughs> Polis just Horse Hash, and I actually heard Polis on the Stephen Tubbs show talking about this before. And pretty much everything out of his mouth was a liar. He was a good liar, but everything he said about HH was just a blasphemy. It's horrible.
3: Yeah, and apparently he reached out right away to. Uh, to House Republicans to see if they could make some kind of deal for tax relief because every lie they told about what they did to nip, and Dick Wadhams helped them nip away from uh, uh, the Gallagher Amendment, is going to come back to bite all of us who are property owners in the very near future. It's very sad, very disgusting, and very gross. But I was so glad to see Colorado not only – and thanks to uh, Christy Burton-Brown, thanks to Michael Fields, the people at Advance Colorado, and – So many
0: John Caldera,
3: yeah, (laughs) yes, so many others who got the word out on that one. That that was a strong victory at a very sad time in our beloved state of Colorado.
0: It shows hope that people will pull together for the right reasons and put uh, uh, lies aside to benefit or to help themselves, but also. You know, the renters, those are the guys who are going to get really nailed because all the landlords will have no choice but to turn a one bedroom apartment into a $2,500 a month deal.
3: God, it's just incredible, Jay. Jay, I want to get some audio in here. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for waiting in tonight. God bless you. uh, I think we'll have time for the final callers tonight as well, but I want to make sure also in that little blurb that we had when when the sound was funny, I forgot to mention that. Did you know that that uh, Lee Greenwald song? Uh, Proud to be an American is uh, from 1984. It was from his 1984 album. It was called A Good Lovin' Comin'. And, uh, yeah, obviously Donald Trump plays that at all of his rallies with good reason. Texter saying, tear to my eye every time I hear it. I thought it was a great final bumper for this Veterans Day 2023. Got to make sure before we run out of time, and we'll get back to the phones, that you hear this exchange between Bill Maher, Ted Cruz, then it wound up focusing on election 2020.
8: Look, we're going to having such a good time, but <laughs> now you're going to have to answer for Sonny on the causeway. Okay, so um, I'm just saying, because stand up, you're one of 11 senators mm-hmm. who voted not to certify the last election. Okay, one of 11. Do you think Biden didn't win? Look, Biden is clearly the president. Well, that's not the question or the answer. (laughs) Do you think he won? Was it a fair election? No, those are very different questions. Okay. Did he win, and is he
1: the president? Yes. Was it fair? Look, there were lots of things that were unfair about the last election. But
8: it's been combed over more than any election ever, even by the people on your side. And they say it's not. This is from your book. You say, Democrats whose capacity for shamelessness never ceases to astound me were no longer willing to play by the rules of democracy. Now, I know you're funny now, but is that a joke? (laughs) (laughs) The Democrats don't want to play by the rules of democracy? What was the
1: context before and after that? I'm sorry, the one sentence I'm not remembering Uh, Well, I don't don't know, but you
8: wrote that. The the Democrats are no longer willing to play by the rules of democracy. I wanted to read it because I feel like it's the exact opposite of what I think, which is that the Republicans, including you, January 6, et cetera, are the ones who are no longer willing to play by the rules of democracy. It seems like. (laughs) like, like, Wait, wait. It seems like your idea has switched in the Republican Party to. Elections only count if we win, and then we will endlessly litigate them, even though your own, it was laughed at a court, like 60 different courts. I mean, all we have, the, the secretaries of state, even the Republican ones, everybody said, your, Trump's own election people said it was the, one of the most fair, well-run elections ever. Why won't you let it go?
1: So, Bill, you're the one that's not letting it go. You're the one that's asking about it. But but let me be clear about something. Well, I'm asking about your history. Uh, l- listen, <laughs> I believe passionately in democracy. And, and I also believe voter fraud is a real and persistent problem. And it's weird that Democrats it's have not. taken the view... It's as, been studied. Okay, so you don't think it is. But you know what? I have never once seen you or, or any other host ask Hillary Clinton why she said in 2016 that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. I've never seen... You asked Democrats why they objected to the presidential certification in 2001. That was George W. Bush. Okay. In 2005, that was George W. Bush. And in 2016, that was Donald Trump. And so I don't
8: think we should be okay, they, have a they, double standard here. Okay. Well, there is a double standard because there's two different things going on. One is a remonstration, a mild protestation of something. They, did, Al Gore was the head of the Senate at the time. He had to pass the baton in an election. He knew he won and his. He, he knew and, he won. And the Wait, other you an election
1: denier? You just said Al Gore won that election. Well, he. OK, he did not win. I mean, <laughs> I'm your sorry. Candidate. You're right. You're right. Uh,
8: uh, I, I meant to say he won the popular vote.
1: But, but, but that's not. Yes, I understand. The I president. understand.
8: But the other candidates, brother, stopped the count. Okay, or, that's that is. Or, that's not accurate. The Supreme Court stopped the count. His own brother ran that election in His Florida. His brother was which the was governor
1: of Florida. You know, they counted okay, the well, hold, s- on, hold on a second. I mean, facts matter. They counted the votes four times in Florida. Okay. George W. Bush won all four times. I was part of the legal team litigating the, that case. So I was, I was intimately involved in Bush versus Gore. Bigger, Every time they counted the votes, Bush
8: won. The bigger point is that Al Gore took one for the team. He came out and said, OK, you know, this was a really f- election, but this is America. The jewel in our crown is that we pass power peacefully, and I'm not going to be the first guy not to do that. Nixon let it go in 1960. That could have been a screwy election. And Hillary came out in her (laughs) damn purple suit. So she did it. Before the sun rose, she did it. Before the cock crowed three times, she came out and said, Trump is the president. That's what you guys will not do.
3: I really enjoyed that, and it did continue a bit, but... um We're going to run out of time, so let's see if we can squeeze in at least one last caller tonight. Jack in Denver has been patiently holding. Jack, welcome.
9: Uh, Thank you, Randy. Uh, Listen, there's an elephant in the room about what happened with the Hamas attack, and you haven't been talking about it. It has to do with the fact that Netanyahu, in his greed and his attempt to divide Israeli society and stay in power, he was indicted in 2019 And Netanyahu had people in the street for nine months. The military was distracted and the society was totally divided and in the streets. And Hamas took that opportunity to attack. If it had not been for Netanyahu's corrupt and arrogant move for power, that could not have happened. Nobody's talking about this, and I think that you should.
3: Well, Jack, if you had better facts on your side, I would probably agree with you. I wish we had more time to get into this debate. The political attacks on Netanyahu in Israel, and I have followed them fairly closely, uh, very similar to the political attacks on Donald Trump here in the United States of America. This is lawfare at its worst, at its worst. And Netanyahu was cleared of his charges. He was reelected. No, he was. Yes, he that's was. A lie. That's not a lie. He's
9: still under indictment. You don't well, recognize that. He's so, Still under indictment. He's trying to keep the Supreme Court from taking other actions against him. Just like Trump wants no. to get elected. So no, no, sir,
3: it. no, sir. That's that's yes, inaccurate. Sir. They're trying yes, to sir, get. What they're trying to do in Israel is stop the judiciary from overriding the will of the people. They don't have a constitution. They have a judiciary that has taken control and has tried to change public policy and change the direction of the growth and future and power of Israel. And so, you know, there's two sides to every story, and I just wish we had more time to debate it.
9: Yeah. And but, you haven't told that side of the story, but Netanyahu and the confusion and the military refusing to go to work, and they were distracted, and they didn't see this coming, So and that's why they had this attack right so now.
3: So the 100 plus, no, the reason they had the attack now is because Joe Biden is in power and he's a puppet because Iran has received billions oh, of dollars so from this terrific. administration, et that's cetera. Nonsense. So the 100 so plus Hamas tunnels that have already been uncovered, just popped up while, as you say, Netanyahu was distracting the military, trying to get reelected as prime minister. Is that
9: that what you got? Is that all you got? Would not have happened. If it had not been for Netanyahu's greedy attempt to maintain power, this would not have happened.
3: Well, Jack... The tax would not have happened if we didn't have an inept commander-in-chief who took his eye off every ball that matters to America. If that the, is
9: Netanyahu. Uh,
3: Netanyahu is the best leader for, Europe, for Israel at this yeah. time and place and in history, biblical that's history and elsewhere.
9: He has the lowest poll ratings he's ever had, and he's going to pay for this once this is over, and you will see
3: Jack, I hope you call again. We're out of time. God bless you, sir. Man, I hope Jack has a nice comforting glass of red wine or something. But uh god, there's so much you could get into about what's going on in Israel politically and and everything else. Anyway, so much more I wanted to do with you, but calls have been great. You've been great. Blake, thanks for your help behind the glass. Been a very interesting night. And uh I really appreciate you sticking around. I'm Randy Corcoran, your pumped-up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism, and I am never, ever going to back down. We always like to leave you with something special, always send some love up to heaven where my dreamy girl is residing for eternity. For the rest of us down here on Earth, there is some good philosophy to remember.
6: I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f <laughs> he wants!